Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7 again, as we have been thus far this year. Matthew 7, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, verses 24 through 29. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Practicing God's word makes us strong, right? Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and winds beat against that house, we're all feeling a little bit of that right now, right? It won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it'll collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Wow. Who could have imagined the storm that we'd be living in right now? Jesus said storms would come. And there are different kinds of storms in life. There are personal storms. There are individual storms. There are storms that families go through. There are storms that we can go through in our health, in our finances. But right now, there is a, literally a storm testing the whole planet. And you know, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where true Christianity is being put to the test. And right now, you're realizing, or I hope you're realizing, and if you're not realizing, realize it today, that if your Christianity consisted of church services, it's over for a while. If that's all my Christianity was, was me coming to a church service, singing songs together, sitting and listening to a message, even gleaning off of just what's happening in the atmosphere of a church, it's over for a while. And we don't know how long. It may be another week or two. It may be another month or two. We really don't know how long this is going to last. But look, the whole religious system is on hold. Everything that a lot of people's Christianity was hanging on has fallen. We can't lean on what we used to lean on. We can't depend on a church service. You know, church services, prayer meetings, conferences, everything that a lot of Christians, it, it was our Christianity, it's all gone for now. And so true Christianity is being put to the test. And I am so excited because in reality, it's time to dig deep into our personal relationship with Jesus and dig deep into true, meaningful relationships with the family of God. We not, may not be able to assemble in large groups, but we're still a family. We may not be able to come together at dozens or hundreds or even thousands as many of churches do. We can't do that right now. But right now we can be a family. We can 
talk to each other. We can call each other. We can assemble in small, healthy groups. We can call each other on the phone. We can text each other. We can FaceTime. We can chat. We can do everything that we can do without being in a big group. We can dig deep into meaningful relationships as the family of God. But first of all, we need to dig deep into our personal, secret, private relationship with Jesus because that is real Christianity. This is an opportunity for us. Some of us may be seeing everything that's happening as a disadvantage. And and granted, there are great disadvantages right now. But I want us to take advantage of what we can take advantage of right now. And we have a great opportunity right in front of us today to let real, true Christianity take root in our hearts. And take the opportunity, take advantage of the opportunity for real Christians to shine. And you know what? I'm going to tell you another opportunity right now. For those of you who've been faking it, maybe all your Christianity was, was your attendance to church once or twice a month. Now is the time, if you haven't had the real thing, to get the real thing. The real thing is Jesus. The real thing is a personal relationship with him. The real thing is his word living in your life, reading God's word, confessing God's word, a a real true prayer life that now nobody else can see. If you haven't had the real thing today and in, in this perilous time is your opportunity to get the real thing right now you can't really fake it anymore so get the real thing if you haven't had it yet let's let true christianity take root in our hearts and let's shine as true christians today as we talk about being solid through the storm i want to give you three w's And I don't have a crowd to do this with today. So right there at home or in your small group, whatever you're doing this, I want you to say W's. Three W's. I'm going to give you a warning, a welcome, and some weapons. First of all, a warning. Let's read in Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. And this is... The Passion Translation, if you want to look it up um, in your Bible, which I highly recommend you do. I know that we're having our scriptures on the screen, but what a great opportunity for us to really get back into our Bibles. If you have an actual paper Bible or your Bible app in front of you, get into your Bible. Let's look at Romans 13. I'm going to read 1 through 5. Again, this is the Passion Translation. Every person must submit to and support the authorities over him. For there can be no authority in the universe except by God's appointment, which means that every authority that exists has been instituted by God. So to resist authority is to resist the divine order of God, which results in severe consequences. For civil authorities, okay, because pause right there. I've heard Christians say this is just referring to spiritual authority. Actually, it's not referring to spiritual authority at all. This is referring to worldly government civil authorities, okay? Civil authorities don't intimidate those who are doing good, but those who are doing evil. 
So do what is right and you'll never need to fear those in authority. They'll commend you for your good citizenship. We all need to be good citizens right now. Those in authority are God's servants. By the way, even those that don't know that. Those that are in authority are God's servants. Even those that don't know God. If they're in authority, they're serving God somehow. For the good of society, it says here. But if you break the law, you have reason to be alarmed. For they're God's agents to punish Uh, Agents of punishment to bring criminals to justice. Why do you think they carry weapons? You're compelled to obey them, not just to avoid punishment, but because you want to live with a clean conscience. You know, these verses preach for themselves, so I don't have to preach a lot on it, but I just want to say right now in the midst of all that we're going through, we need to obey the governing authorities for our city's protection, for our nation's protection, for the nations of the earth protection. We need to submit, we need to obey, not out of fear, but out of a good conscience. We need to submit and we need to obey the indications of our president, our state governors, our local mayors and law enforcement. Because in reality, not all governing authority is godly, but all governing authority serves God. This is what we see here in Romans chapter 13. We don't submit to authority because authority is always right or because authority is necessarily even godly. We submit to governing authorities because as Christians, we're obeying what the word of God says to do. We do it not only for our own good, but for the protection of society. So I want to encourage you. I've heard here and there comments about just kind of blowing off what the authorities are asking us to do right now. I want to truly compel you today. Whatever indications are coming out from our government and from our local authorities, we need to set a good example and give a good testimony as Christians that we truly care about protecting our communities and let's submit to the governing authorities. The warning is if we don't, we'll be punished. And that's not a warning from our governing authorities. That's a warning from the word of God. Let's heed that warning. Number two, a welcome. And I'm so excited about this one. First of all, a warning. Second of all, a welcome. Let's look at Acts chapter two. We're gonna read verses 42 through 47 and then we're gonna read Acts chapter eight. But first, Acts chapter two. This is after the Holy Spirit had been poured out and Christians were beginning to multiply all over it says all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching which we now have in the bible right all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship right or friendship to sharing in meals including communion or the lord's supper and to prayer 
a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place, which we cannot do right now, but we will again soon. We believe in Jesus' name. It says, all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, which we will do again. But they also met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You know, small groups were in the book of Acts and have always been the foundation of church life. Not an extra. See, throughout history... The whole church has done two things. We've met together in large groups to be instructed, to learn. Like it says, they were dedicated to the apostles' teaching. They met together in large group settings to learn the word of God. But they also met in each other's homes to share meals together, to pray together. Right now, we're being forced to return to this model. I don't believe that this virus nor any virus has been sent to us to hurt us by God. The coronavirus as well as every other disease and illness is simply a continuation of the curse that's come upon humanity because of our sin. From the very beginning, from the Garden of Eden, since sin entered the world, a curse came upon the planet. A curse came upon humanity. And we've seen a a proliferation of that curse throughout the ages. And right now, we're just living another one of the effects of that curse. But let me tell you that even in the midst of living through this thing that we're living, God can use it somehow for our good. In fact, the Bible gives us a promise. He'll use all things, even the bad things, to work together for the good of those that love him and that are called according to his purposes. And let me tell you, we are called according to the purposes of God. If you love God, you are called to a purpose. And that purpose is to be a disciple of Jesus and make disciples of Jesus, to love God and help others love God. And you know what? God is using this tribulation, this trial, this storm to basically force the church back into a small group model. So let's give God thanks for that. I want us to take care of each other. It's really easy to be a part of a church where there are hundreds or even thousands of people and to lose touch with each other. But when the only thing we can do is join together in groups of 10 or less, when that's all we can do, we begin to feel each other's needs again. 
And I want us to follow after the example of the church of Acts. Let's take care of each other. I know it's silly right now, but if you have toilet paper or beans, because those are the two things that were missing last time I went to the grocery store. If you have something that others don't have, offer it, give it, let's help each other. Let's take care of each other. Let's take things to each other. Especially, I want to encourage you. Let's take care of the elderly right now. Let's take care of those who are exceptionally afraid to go out into public and even shouldn't go out into public right now. Let's take care of those who are advanced in age or are truly sick so that they don't have to go out and get their groceries. Let's do whatever it takes to take care of each other as the family of God. And right there, I don't know where you are. You may be in your home with, only with your family. You may be assembled with a small group right now. But I want us to make a commitment, even a covenant together. We are going to take care of each other through this time. Acts chapter 8 is a continuation of this story. And what had just happened before we read this is that a really difficult time had broken out. You see, up until this point, although there was a lot of opposition, there was kind of freedom and the church was really expanding and growing and multiplying. But all of a sudden... Persecution comes. Great hardship comes. In fact, one of the uh, uh, one of the ones that was an evangelist, an apostle, a preacher at the time, Stephen, he was martyred. He was killed for preaching the gospel. And we pick up on the story there. It says in Acts chapter eight, starting with verse one, Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day sweeping over the church in Jerusalem and all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. They could no longer assemble in large groups in Jerusalem any longer. See, some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house. Why do you think he went from house to house to destroy the church? Because that's where they were meeting dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus everywhere they went. All of a sudden, they couldn't have their big meetings anymore. They could only meet in homes. And everywhere they went, despite the danger, they preached the good news. And many, many, many multitudes of people came to Christ during this time. See, persecution forced Christians to disassemble. But look what happened. Massive hardship produced a massive harvest. And I believe this massive hardship we're going through as a nation and as the nations of the world, we could even say in, in, in certain ways, the church of Jesus Christ, we're going through a massive hardship because we can't do what we want to do. We can't do things like we've 
always been used to doing them. We're having to change it up. We're having to do things that we're not used to doing or do things in a way we're not used to doing things. But, and it's hard. It's hard not to be with each other and hug each other and love on each other and worship together. But I believe this massive hardship that we're going through is going to produce a massive harvest. I believe more people are going to come to Jesus in 2020 than we saw from 2000 to 2019. I believe we're going to see a massive harvest this year because of the massive hardship that we're going through. But we've got to have that attitude. We've got to believe it. We've got to believe that God can take this hardship and somehow turn it for our good and for the good of our cities and for the good of our nations and the nations. So how are we going to proceed? And right now I'm just going to get a little practical with you. How are we specifically in Counter Church? Different churches are doing different things. And I'm so proud of the church right now. The church of Jesus Christ all across the earth. We're not giving in. We're not giving up. The church is moving forward. Every church in our city is moving forward. How are we going to move forward? Well, as of now, and very specifically starting next Sunday, we're going to be doing what, we call, what we're calling church at home or encounter at home. You know, right now we can't get together in big groups. And again, the warning, don't try, don't do it. Let's get together in small groups. I know that many of you would be willing to open up your home and say, you know what? I can turn on my TV and I can broadcast Encounter Church service live or I can play the video of Encounter Church to a small group of people at my house. And what we want to do is that starting next Sunday, until further notice, every Sunday at 11 o'clock, we want to have church at home, encounter at home. Some people have already expressed that they are willing to open their home to receive a small group of people to come together, maybe drink coffee together, and have church together, watch the service together, pray together. Hey, maybe even share a meal like we read about in the book of Acts. Because that's what we can do right now. And what we want to do today is also make an appeal. If you're watching this and you say, I want to open my home, my apartment. I want to, to open up the space where I live and invite a few people in. And let's have church together every Sunday for the next few weeks. If you could communicate with us, we would greatly appreciate that. The church email is EncounterChurchAtlanta at gmail.com. EncounterChurchAtlanta at gmail.com. And if today you say, I want to open my home, please send us 
an email. And I know many of you are connected with, well, with our leaders, our pastors, our e-group leaders. Also, you can personally contact us and let us know. But send us an email, encounterchurchatlanta at gmail.com, because what we would like to do is that as of tomorrow, Monday, and th- this upcoming week, at our church website, which happens to be encounterchurchatlanta.org, Again, that's EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. We're going to have a link with a list of the homes and their addresses that are going to be open for Sunday Encounter at Home. So we invite you to go to that link the upcoming week. Find out where maybe you want to go. And also, one more time, if you want to open your home for church at home, for Encounter at Home, please let us know today or in the next few days if you can do that. Another thing that we're going to be doing, many of you have been a part of our Encounter Church uh, Facebook community. We're going to continue doing some encouraging words. We've really enjoyed the daily doses. We're going to do some more of those. But uh, another thing I'm going to be doing personally, in lieu of right now we don't have e-groups, we can't assemble for discipleship classes, I am going to be going live every Wednesday night. Okay, every Wednesday evening, and I am going to be going, uh, offering a Bible study, okay, for discipleship, a discipleship Bible study, since we can't really have e-groups or discipleship classes right now. I'm going to start this Wednesday evening, and I'm going to take you through the book of Colossians, okay? We're going to do that every Wednesday night until further notice. I am going to personally be offering a Bible study through Facebook Live every Wednesday night, starting this Wednesday. So I'll see you Wednesday evening for the book of Colossians. See, right now we have to stay connective creatively. I'm so thankful that we have really creative people in the church, that right now we can even be doing this. Believe me, it's not because of me. It's because we have an amazing group of creative, smart people that can help us stay connected creatively. So I want to encourage you, take advantage of that. Don't isolate. Stay connected creatively. Stay connected through your phone, through Facebook. However we can stay connected creatively, let's stay connected. So I want to give our our final W, giving you the warning and the welcome. I want to finish with a few weapons to fight through this. We're not giving up, we're not giving in, and we're not also sitting down and crossing our arms and just waiting for this to pass. We're going to fight. And to fight effectively, we need some weapons. And I just want, I just want to give you four things that this week I've been doing as my own personal weapons. And I want you to begin to use them if you haven't been. How can we fight in the midst of this? First, declaring the word of God. Not just reading, and please read your Bible. Please read your Bible on a daily basis. We know there's power in in, in reading the Bible on a daily basis. But I want to invite you to begin to declare the word of God. Because the Bible says that God's word is alive, active, and effective. The word of God is alive, active, and effective. 
We know that God created the entire cosmos with his word. The word of God has creative power. We can literally create and change and, tra- and change and transform reality when we don't just read, but we confess the word of God. I, wanna, I want you to begin like never before, not just to read his word, but to say it out loud, to declare the word of God in the midst of this. If you're feeling fearful, declare what God's word says about fear. If you're feeling sick, begin to declare the verses you know that God's word says about sickness. If you're feeling lonely or anxious, find the word of God. What does God say about those things? And don't just read it, declare it, say it. Because when we say it, when we speak it, it literally creates a reality. The second weapon, pray in tongues. Don't just pray in your understanding in these times. We need to pray in tongues like never before. Uh, Many times we refer to this as praying in the spirit. But I want to be real clear what praying in the spirit means. It means praying in other tongues. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14 talks about the power of praying in other tongues. The Bible literally says that when we pray in other tongues, it's not us praying. It's the Holy Spirit on the inside of us praying his mysteries through us. And listen, this past week, I haven't known what to pray most of the time except for the words of God that I've been declaring. But I've been praying in tongues. I trust that if I let the Holy Spirit pray through me, he's going to pray the right prayers at the right time. I want to encourage you like never before. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in tongues. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you've never received your prayer language, ask for it. Seek it. You know what? You can't come to church right now. We can't lay hands on you. But when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I was all alone in my bedroom. The first time I ever prayed in tongues was not at church. I was all alone in my bedroom. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, seek the Holy Spirit in these times. And the Bible says when we pray in other tongues, we can basically be sure we're praying the right prayers because it's the prayers of heaven. It's the prayers of God himself praying through us. Declare the word of God. Pray in tongues or pray in the Spirit. A third weapon is praise and gratitude. There's nothing better to counteract negativity than praise and gratitude. When I'm feeling down, scared, negative, hearing all the bad news, there's nothing like intentionally smiling, lifting up, praise, Thank God today we have Spotify and iTunes and all of those things, Apple Music, right? We can, I really encourage you, use praise and worship music like never before. Praise the Lord. We can't have church services all the time and praise Him together, but we can praise Him in our car. We can praise Him in our home. We can praise Him if you're still working from your office, whatever. Praise, gratitude, be thankful. Listen, right now there's a lot of terrible things, but listen, if you're alive and breathing and your family as well, be thankful. If you have food to eat right now, be thankful like never before, you know? 
I know a lot of us say the blessing and bless the food, but right now, listen, when I sit down to eat and I say, thank you, Jesus, for this food, I mean it more than I've ever meant it before. We need to be grateful and thankful and praise the Lord. It's a weapon to combat negativity in these times. And finally, believe it or not, a great weapon in these perilous times, not just in a, with health concerns, but financially, our biggest weapon to protect our finances is tithing. See, the Bible gives us clear promises. I'm not talking to you about tithing today because I'm afraid that the church is gonna go under if we don't give our tithes. God is always taking care of his church. He will always take care of his church. But let me tell you something. I want to see God's hand of protection over your finances. And the way God has given us to protect our finances is by giving the tithe. If I still have any sort of income, even in these times, I need to be giving the tithe because the Bible clearly promises that if I am a tither, God himself will rebuke, Satan will rebuke the devourer for my sake and he'll open up his windows of blessing and pour out his blessing so much until it's, it's more than I can even take that I have to share with others. See, giving the tithe gives us a promise of protection over our finances. I know a lot of people are not only afraid of getting sick, but a lot of us have been afraid of what's happening with the economy. Is it going to be a recession? Is it going to be a depression? Am I going to lose my job? And am, I, am I going to lose my income? What, what, what's going to happen? Listen, even if you're making, all you're making through these times is a dollar or $10 or $100, give a penny Give a dollar, give $10. If you're still prospering financially, continue to give your tithe because the tithe is a weapon against the enemy to protect. It's like a defensive weapon. It's like a shield over our finances. I remember the last recession that our economy went through. And so many people lost their jobs, lost their businesses, lost their homes. So many homes were foreclosed on. Many people were evicted. Many small businesses had to close. But I remember talking to my parents who have a small business in a small town. And they continued to give their tithes through that. And they even watched other friends and family members around them lose their businesses, lose their homes. And even though business wasn't exploding through that recession, their finances were protected and they continued to prosper through that. And they know, and I know, it was because they were tithers. And I want to challenge you with that today. I want to see you come out on the other side of this, not in ruins, but prospering. Let's continue to give our tithes. Let's, content, let's declare the word of God. It has creative power. Let's pray in tongues because we know those are gonna be the right prayers when we don't know how to pray. Let's have an attitude of gratitude and praise. Let's continue tithing today to stand solid through the storm. I've given you three W's, a warning. Let's continue to submit to the governing authorities for the protection of our cities. 
a welcome. Let's welcome people into our homes and have church at home for the foreseeable future. And let's use these weapons to not only make it, but to come out on top on the other side of this. Before I finish today, and we have some concluding announcements, I want to invite you. Eternity is real. I don't believe you're going to die from COVID-19. But there's one thing I can promise you. We're all gonna die. Rather it's from a virus, old age, God forbid an accident. We're all gonna eventually, sooner or later, I hope much later, but we're all gonna take a step from this earthly life into eternity. And I want you to know, to have the assurance, the confidence that when you do go into eternity, you're going to go to heaven. You're going to have eternal life. And today, some of you watching this or watching this in the future, you've never been born again. You've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord. You don't know if you did die where you would go. Today, you can know and you can know for sure. Others of you have been backslidden. And you're hearing this message today. And you know your relationship with Jesus hasn't been intact. It's time to come back home if you've been backslidden. Some of you literally may through this testing, through this storm, realize, you know, my Christianity hasn't really been the real thing. It hasn't been a real, true, deep, living relationship with Jesus. Now is the time for you to have that. I want to pray with all of you today. Rather you've never been born again, rather you've been backslidden and you need to come home, or rather you've been kind of faking it and you need to get the real thing. I'm going to pray a prayer today. These aren't magic words. You need to pray your own words and you need to mean it. But if you do, the Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I want you to pray your own prayer something like this. Lord Jesus Christ, I call on you. I call out to you. I need you today, Jesus. I believe you came. The God of heaven came to earth in the form of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, you took upon yourself all of my sin, my rebellion, my guilt, my shame, sickness, disease. You took it all upon yourself. And when you went to the cross, you paid the price for my forgiveness, for my deliverance, for my freedom, for healing of my body, for inner healing in my heart. Jesus, you paid the price. And today, I believe you didn't just carry my sin. You didn't just carry my sickness. You also 
buried it, Jesus. You carried it and you buried it. And then you rose again over it, Jesus. And then you ascended into heaven and you took a seat in the heavens and you sat down and took authority over it, Jesus. Today, you are victorious over sin, addiction, bondage, sickness, disease, fear, depression, anxiety. Jesus, you are victorious. And today I declare you're my victorious savior. I believe in what you did on the cross for me, Jesus. I confess with my mouth and with all of my heart, I believe Jesus Christ is Lord. And I make you my Lord, Jesus. I surrender my heart. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Save me, deliver me. Heal me. I want to follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, if you made that decision, I believe you're born again. I believe you were backslidden. You came home. I believe if you were faking it, it got real today. Thank you so much for listening to the Word of God from Encounter Church today. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.